about this? These two. These two people. Oh, I am geeking out to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Mark. Jasmine. What a nerd. Nerd alert. <laughs> Unleashed television. What are you talking about? Anything can be a podcast. Video game. <laughs> what is a geek? Oh, hi, Mark. The whole point is, of course, the plot is. You guys have great conversations. Oh, I am geeking out. Unleashed movies. People love movies. All right, you guys, podcast time. You're listening to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Part of the security badass, we take our passions and our fandoms and we turn them into conversations with you. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 147. And I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Uh, each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we catch up on our pop culture lives and bring you a review of something adapted from the comic book or gaming world. Yep, but before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We'd also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Uh, also, please feel free to donate to our Ko-Fi. All funds are appreciated and help uh, keep the lights on. So Yes. This is also, uh, before we actually do go any further, it's our first kind of official episode of the year because... Yeah um that as we said like numbered episode of the year yeah num like like 100 and whatever yeah. um so what we uh, i think we said it last week just to clarify again conversations will be separate mm-hmm. we'll do them maybe monthly maybe every other month just whenever we feel like talking whenever about tickles are fancy. yeah whenever we feel like talking about something random yeah because uh, we just thought of, we just sort of fancied it and thought actually we used to chat about random crap all the time and we but we do quite like keeping these episode hundred and whatever episodes to just our reviews mm. and we thought it would make it clearer to anyone that does listen or watch on youtube and uh i actually did get it up on youtube last week so um that you're clear of it's clearly obvious what we're doing so you know the conversation episodes will be something that we want to chat about mm. and these review episodes will be um include geek of the week and a review so yep. and there we go it's a nice little segue into geek of the week i've been there um I'll go first or you go first? You got it. You go. Okay. Uh, I I didn't do that much, but I did watch a long film, almost as long as the movie we're about to chat about, I was to be just going to say, a long one in addition to the long one that we already watched? Yeah, yeah. This one, so this two and a half hours long, Anatomy of a Fault. So <laughs> I watched a trailer for this like a month or two ago, and I'd forgotten all about it. Uh, but I remember when I looked at the cinema listings for my local cinema the other day, I saw it and they only had one showing, which was um, uh, last night. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go. It looked intriguing to me. It was kind of a murder mystery-esque movie. Long story short, within the first five or ten minutes, the husband, it's a family, husband and wife, and they have a son uh, and a dog, which actually is quite relevant to the plot of the movie, which I don't... the, The dog, shockingly, is actually quite does play a relevant part of the movie so um better treat cooper better than i better ch- treat my dog better yeah uh so he don't say that people might think i'm like i like, uh i i joke with my kids are like i love to hate cooper like, and, uh, uh, so, you need to go like uh, take him to the doggy massage like uh, better treats come on uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I I, I was sorry. I'm, we'll go to, back to anatomy of the four in a minute. I was on the the phone for work earlier to a colleague, and I thought I could hear. I knew he was in the kitchen, and I and he likes to sit in the armchair in the in the corner. Uh, uh, and I thought I could hear him eating, and I thought that's weird because I know I haven't given him any food. 
And uh, I mean, he'd had breakfast, but I, I knew I hadn't given him a bone or anything. And I know if I can hear him eating, that normally means he's been naughty. So I walk in there and, okay, so you know, like if you were to eat a baguette, uh, like a big baguette or a big Subway or something, you you might hold it with both hands potentially. Or you know. yeah. So I walk in there and he's sitting there all relaxed in his armchair uh, with both his paws, front paws together, like, as you know, is it like fists? holding a pack of um hall soothers which are cough sweets uh and just munching into them and uh half drops <laughs> like and i just walked in i was like no these are not for you and uh and i i was on the phone to my colleague and she's like maybe he's got a sore throat i went maybe he will have a sore throat now like so um so i, I, went, I went, uh, didn't get a picture of that no, I didn't because I just wanted to take them out of his out of his paws. I was about to say hands out of his out of his paws before he actually. I don't know how much he actually got to, but I could hear he was attempting to get into the wrapper, and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, so we're, we're you're not sitting here. like, but but he was just sitting there all casual, just like laid out like in the arm the armchair. What the humans do? <laughs> Honestly, when you when you see him in the armchair sitting there, he's just. Like it just makes me laugh, especially oh, at the moment as well. He's got a bow tie on, and uh, like around his collar, and he just sits in in the armchair. We'll be in the kitchen cooking or eating or whatever, and he just sits in the armchair, just looking at all of us with his little bow tie on. And I'm just like, it's so weird. Like you're sitting in an arm, like a dog sitting in the armchair with a bow tie on, like all looking chill. Like, so um, anyway, um, right. Anatomy of a Fool, two and a half hours long. I didn't realise this is a French crime drama movie uh, and it felt very much like a miniseries. Now, my only real criticism, if I'm honest, is the length of time. Um, I didn't know it was going to be two and a half hours long. I didn't know, and I also didn't know it was going to be a French independent crime movie. Mm-hmm. That There was nothing wrong with that part. I just didn't, didn't realise that, to be honest. So I got in and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and um, I had quickly looked it up, to be honest, in the cinema once I realised uh, so the movie flicks between English and French. So the main character does speak in English quite a lot. And and that's actually quite a cool part of the, the story, that it flicks between French and English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens is the husband is found dead fairly quickly into the movie. He's laying at the bottom of the house. And very quickly, I realise that we move into, did the wife push or did he fall? Like, And there is actually a court case. The dog did not do it. So, um, and so you move very quickly into investigation, then into court scenes and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and yeah, so I don't really want to ruin it um, at all for anybody that may or may not watch it. The cinema was actually quite packed. I was quite shocked. It wasn't like full, mm-hmm. but there was a good chunk of people in there for an eight o'clock movie on a Thursday night for uh this movie and so which is which i was quite pleasantly surprised about and uh i I enjoyed watching it and i actually did learn about french um courtrooms the style of it was very different to uh what i've seen on american um courtroom scenes and english courtroom scenes um i've never obviously been in a in a actual court of any kind um i was i was in court once like years ago uh and it was it was a small uh, it was a business related thing yeah. um i went with my dad as a witness to somebody that owed him some money but it was literally three people sitting next to the judge on a table so it wasn't anything particularly uh, exciting but i've never been in one of those big courtrooms you know when you have like 
50 people all just sitting there watching. I've never, ever done any of that stuff. Uh, so I've never actually seen English or American live. So my only guide is what's on television. Oh, and does jury duty count? Because I've seen two different courtrooms because of jury duty. No, I've never done jury duty. Like, really? so far, I've been lucky enough to lucky. avoid wow. getting called up. So I've made wow. it into my 40s and so far made it. So, um, uh, yeah, no, so the courtroom scene was particularly different. I, I won't go into details now, but, yeah, so they very much, and hence the name Anatomy of a Fall, dissect so much about the fall, but also they dissect so much about their marriage and the people they are going back to several years earlier because their son had had a horrible accident and you know and, which had lasting implications and and, and and a lot of stuff so um and the the husband is only really seen in kind of flashbacks but that are driven by the plot of the movie so whilst they were investigating they found out that the husband used to record conversations between him and his wife. Mm -hmm. And the day before he died, they played a recording they'd found um, on a USB stick. And uh, so initially you can hear the audio in the courtroom and then it flashes back to actually where you can see the scene between between them. They obviously, they, they show the actor. And, uh, and then later on as well, the son um, is giving a, a testimony and he's talking about conversation between him and his dad. And then as he's talking about what happened between him and his dad, it then flashes back to actually show the scene. So you don't, the, the, the flashbacks I think are used quite well, if I'm honest. So they're not, they're not constant throughout the movie. They're just driven by the plot. So no, I, look, I enjoyed it. It was, it was too long if I'm honest, but other than that, I actually really did enjoy, enjoy the movie. And I'm, I'm almost pleased for myself. Well, no, I am pleased for myself that I actually went and watched something that I wouldn't normally go and watch. So, yeah. Well, that's cool, though. Getting yeah. out there, seeing some new things. Yeah. Uh, and what about yourself? All right. So my Geek of the Week actually is a follow along from our previous episode, which was one of my anticipated shows for 2024. I started watching it. Ha, how that's, about that? That's good. Yes. Ahead of schedule. Not talking about it. Not talking about it in December. I was going to say, not talking about, about December next year or something like that. So I'm not waiting till the last minute. I, I'm getting it out of the way early. Um, so I did start watching the Cherry Magic anime on Crunchyroll. And it is really funny. And it's really sweet. Um, it's about this guy, Adachi, who, again, the superstition is like, oh, if you can make it to 30 and you're still a virgin, then you become a wizard. And so, like, he does pick up this odd ability to hear what other people are thinking um and so <laughs> that's how he discovers that his co-worker kurosawa has a, tr a crush on him um so it's just it's really cute so far it's only been two episodes uh what's it so on far in 2024 but uh i'm enjoying it what platform's it on crunchyroll oh okay i know you love crunchyroll i do but, uh... love crunchyroll <laughs> i occasionally sub to that like i haven't watched jujitsu kaisen season two yet but i did it for season one and um i probably will waiting, uh to watch jjk season two like mainly i've been waiting for the dub to finish um because i do like the english cast so i'll watch it in english and then i'll turn around and watch it again in japanese but that's what i'm waiting on for that to finish so i did I'll start watching season done. two i did start watching season two but then i 
couldn't be bothered. I watched the first bunch of episodes that had originally released, and then I couldn't be bothered to watch it weekly. So I then, uh, and then I kind of forgot what happened in season one. So I watched season one. I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to wait till season two finishes, and then I'll do season one again. Um, but no, that 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 cherry magic sounds actually really cool. I like the idea of it. So maybe I might I might delve into Crunchyroll again. I think uh, for me, it's I, I'll kind of sub to it and then watch some stuff and then unsub to it i know you, you watch more anime than i do but. yeah it's pretty much between that and netflix those are the two that i use the most but i mean like i'm just watching anime on crunchyroll and then i'm watching my korean dramas on netflix like i'm not really <laughs> watching much else on netflix at the moment um i actually unsubbed to netflix a couple months ago which <laughs> which is quite weird so no, i watched the batman on netflix because I don't know what happened with HBO Max, but pretty much every WB film and DC film is now on Netflix. So they realize now by doing it all themselves, they don't get that licensing money. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, at some point, it's all going to go pop. So okay. they're dumping all that money into all those, into all their own platforms that are loss making. Yep. And Netflix, Netflix is like, just we're just waiting. They're all going to come back. Yeah. We're waiting it so, out. Netflix, unfortunately for them, had the established audience. They were in, in pretty much every country. I mean, HBO Max isn't over here. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if HBO Max is only in the US, isn't it? So I don't know if it's in other countries. No, but but well, yeah, we don't have it. So a lot of the, a lot of these companies they they licensed out all their product everywhere around the world mm-hmm. so it was quite difficult to go and launch hbo max you know internationally because yeah. actually what would they be launching it with and then you know they realize actually when you don't license it out and you just only uh, you're reliant just purely on subs yep and not relying on licensing it's a bad business, uh, it's a bad business model and yeah. it's it's going to go pop at some point i think there'll be some survivors disney plus i think might last it out and netflix i think will, will last it out because they're, they're also happy to to make shit aren't they you know yeah three... but I think netflix is doing a lot more licensing like i think that's how they got all of the dc content plus like all of the, the the korean content like they're licensing all of this korean content from streamers like mm-hmm. um there's a streamer called vicky that's pretty big over in southeast asia that netflix licenses a lot of their stuff from vicky um, so I appreciate it because then I get to watch stuff that is in my region because I can't get Vicky. Also, they're making, I think, a lot of cheap, <clears throat> cheap stuff as well. Like you said, like I think last year I saw quite a lot of cheap sort of British made dramas or crime dramas, you know, eight episode stuff, which I can't imagine them cost that much to make. Like, I don't know, a million pounds or something to make eight episodes with some actors that have never appeared in anything other than everything ca- casualty these days, Mark. well yeah no, i'm i'm <laughs> being slightly sarcastic but i imagine it didn't cost more than a couple of million yeah uh, and and you know budget. yeah I, I i can't remember what it was i watched some crime drama that got made that came out on netflix last year it was some girl that went on the run and became a teacher in spain or something or other and, and uh, like the cast was all fairly unknown i think some guy from skins might have been in it or something um, other than that, it was a bunch of unknowns. And I just thought to myself, this really feels cheap. Uh, if I'm honest, it, it doesn't feel like it costs much more than 20 quid to make this movie, this TV series. Um, 
I, like, I enjoyed watching it, nothing wrong with it, but I think Netflix is quite happy to make low, real low-budget stuff mm-hmm. and can get away with it because of, you know, the volume of audience they've got. Yeah. However, if Disney Plus, when it made that, people would be stating them, destroying them oh, for it. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. But I think you know now Netflix can, will make cheap stuff and and people seem to like it. So um, anyway, let's not slate these streamers any longer. Um, I'm sure they'll, they'll be their own demise. So um, we're going to talk about this week's main event so yeah, the reason before before I jump into this, I, I felt like we should mirror. So this time last year on our second ever episode of, of 2023, uh-huh. we did, we, we'd never watched the Joker and we went and did the Joker. And I said to Jasmine, how funny would it be to mirror last year and we'll do the Batman, which came out in 2022. So obviously not connected with the Joker in any capacity, but I just thought yeah. it was a nice little <laughs> symmetry. Yeah. Uh, so spoiler, we did our... though, this was a, a better viewing experience than the Joker. <laughs> uh, so directed by Matt Reeves, screenplay and story by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig, based on characters from DC Comics. And it stars Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Skarsgård, Andy Serkis, and Colin Farrell. Uh, it includes several uh, characters known from the DC DC world of uh, comics, and they they made several first appearances, and I'll, I'll obviously give them to you uh, now. So, first appearance of Batman was in Detective Comics issue twenty seven, which came out in May nineteen thirty nine. Catwoman was uh, not long later in Batman issue one, April nineteen forty. The Penguin Detective Comics fifty eight, December nineteen forty one. Um, uh, actually, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Um, we'll look it up later. But the Riddler, obviously, um, we haven't written down. But anyway, right. This movie was released on the first of March, two thousand and twenty-two. Came out with a running time of one hundred and seventy-six minutes and a budget of one hundred eighty-five-ish million, and made a box office return of seven hundred seventy-two million. Hence, why we're getting a sequel. Yeah, are we? Yeah, yeah, they are getting a sequel. Yeah. I thought the uh, I thought Penguin was getting his own TV show. I didn't realize we were getting a movie sequel. Yeah, movie sequel and Penguin TV show. Um, Colin Farrell was completely unrecognizable as the Penguin. Like those were so, some really really great prosthetics. Before we go any further, I just quickly looked it up. So the Riddler's first appearance was in Detective Comics issue one hundred and forty, which came out in October nineteen forty eight. Also, he so, was a little ways after the other ones. Yeah, so he came out. Um, uh, about uh, was it seven seven years after the penguin? Mm-hmm. All right, got got a few fun facts here. Um, so this film was actually the first Batman film that, when Batman takes his mask off, you can see all of his eye black. Um, yeah, I know, I know, so yeah, yeah. And so Matt Reeves said he did that on purpose because he was like, everybody knows that they're doing it, but nobody addresses it. <laughs> <laughs> so he said he wanted to be sure that like this is a, a grittier kind of like super early version of Batman and so Robert Pattinson or excuse me this version of Bruce Wayne was still figuring it out so you could see his eye black when he would take his mask off um so okay here's a trivia question for you Mark so both Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson got advice from their roles predecessors so Zoe got some advice from Michelle Pfeiffer uh, Pattinson got some advice from 
uh, Christian Bale, what advice did they get from their predecessors? Don't do it. <laughs> oh, Mystic uh, Mark. No, no. If that probably, if Patterson asked uh, Ben Affleck uh, or uh, George Clooney, it might have been "Don't do it." Uh, or if Kravitz had gone to Halle Berry, it might have been "Don't do it." Uh, so, um, I don't know. What would their advice have been? Um, Make sure you can go to the bathroom in your suit. Oh, is that it? <laughs> oh, okay. Go to the bathroom in your suit. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, um, all right. So a couple of these characters are actually based on real people. Um, when Matt Reeves was writing the first act of this film, he asked, he said he was listening to quite a bit of Nirvana and that oh, he yeah. based a lot of Batman and Bruce Wayne on Kurt Cobain. And he said that the Riddler, he based that character Yes, obviously on the comics, but also he was heavily influenced by the Zodiac Killer, who was a serial yeah, killer that. in San Francisco area um, in the 60s that was never, ever caught. I, I saw I saw a movie with um, Robert Downey Jr. on the Zodiac yes, Killer. Is that? Zodiac. Yeah. Very yeah. Didn't they, in the movie, did they catch someone? I'm pretty sure they did. <laughs> oh, I might have to rewatch that. It was a long time ago. That was a really good movie. That, that movie... Um, like they they actually show you who the killer is in the movie, but yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he never they never actually um, catch him. But like watching that Zodiac film, there is a scene where he goes and crashes this couple's picnic and he stabs them. Like, and it was like horrific to watch. And I was just like, that has got to be like for not for this to not be a horror film or a slasher film. Like this is the most gruesome stabbing sequence i've ever seen in a film like it was zodiac was crazy it was it was a really good movie yeah no i remember seeing it but i, I don't i can't remember yeah. that much of it it's, or it's any of it, it's hard to watch, but it was a good movie um yeah because the zodiac killer also did ciphers like the zodiac killer would send ciphers to the police department and and they hired code breakers to kind of help figure out what the hell the ciphers were trying to say so yeah a lot of the riddler um, in this film specifically, is based on the Zodiac Killer. <clears throat> wow. All right. Fun fact number four. So um, Matt Reeves was said he was heavily influenced by these few, like, handful of Batman comics. It was Batman Ego, Batman Year One, which was really good, uh, Batman The Long Halloween, which we did a book club on. But yep, there it is. Mark, Mark is doing some show and tell for those of you that are listening. Um <laughs> And what is interesting is that Jeff Loeb, who did The Long Halloween, Matt Reeves actually studied under him when he was a student at USC because Jeff Loeb was one of his screenwriting teachers or professors. That's pretty um, cool as well. So, all right, last one. This one's a question for you, Mark. I did enjoy The Long Halloween. Anyway, that was, put that, that was down. Great. I enjoyed it too, but anyway. <laughs> I think we did that book club in 2022. So that, yeah. Um, all right, last fun fact. At a runtime of 176 minutes, this is the longest Batman film uh to have ever premiered, but it is the second longest comic book movie that got a theatrical release. What is the comic book movie that has the longest runtime? Oh, I don't know. 
I mean, is that superheroes or is that all adaptions of comic book movies? It's a comic book movie. Uh, I <clears throat> I'm wondering whether it's Endgame or whether I'm missing something with like one of those crime adaption ones. Like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Endgame. Endgame is correct. Ah, uh, okay. 2019 has a runtime of 181 minutes. So. Oh wow. Five, okay. Okay. No, I was wondering because I know. Oh, I can't remember. Tom Hanks. I know he did some Road to Perdition, or um, I don't know how long Road to Perdition is, but I know it's an adaption. And I was like well, thinking, oh, I wonder if it was something clever like that you were going to say. But I went with Endgame because I remember that was particularly long. Not no issue with that because I loved Endgame, but yeah. So, yeah. And that's all I got for fun facts, y'all. No, that's good. That's good. I I didn't realize uh, a lot of that stuff, and I deliberately held off because I knew you would do something like that. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, IMDb, we like to shout out the summary that IMDb put up because sometimes it's funny. And um, anyway, when a sadistic serial killer begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. That's so, probably the best IMDb summary we've done so far. Like, mm -hmm. that's pretty spot on for what happens in this movie. Um. Okay, so overall thoughts on the movie. I'm actually curious about yourself. So I've now, as of as of as of this episode, now watched this movie three times. Okay. Uh, so I, but I know this is your first viewing. What, yes. what 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 are your thoughts, Jasmine? Um, I really want to fight with every single person that was on our 2022 year end episode that said that this film was better than Top Gun Maverick. I want to fight you. Okay. <laughs> I want, I want all y'all to come back on here and I want to fight because oh. no, this film was absolutely not better than Top Gun Maverick. Okay, now that that's off my chest. Um, this was a better film than I thought it would be. Mm. I enjoyed how almost grounded it was. Like it was not one of the over the top eccentric like superhero films that we're used to. Um, but it also wasn't quite as like in your face as the Christopher Nolan ones either. Mm -hmm. um, so it hit sort of this balance that I was not expecting um, in a superhero film. Uh, so yeah, I, I, did, I did enjoy it. It was too long. I mean, there was just, you could have cut an hour and you wouldn't have lost anything. I think there were definitely parts that were too moody and too brooding that were just not necessary and they didn't do anything to push the plot forward it was just like i am over all of this just like silent screen time there's there's just no need for all of that kind of stuff um but overall i i enjoyed it more than i thought i would but i also had very low expectations <laughs> i uh... <laughs> um okay so three films three times i've seen it the first time i saw it actually at cinema i remember i went to uh the light in adelstone with my friend aston i went and saw it together and had pizza and a beer uh so it's one of those nice cinemas that tends to do the food and the drink and we made a little bit of a thing of it and, and went to it and i did not realize it was three hours long um when i went to see it and eating and Eating, eating in the cinema and having a, a beer 
probably was not a good idea because I'll be honest, I do remember my eyes closing a couple of times in the cinema, I'm not going to lie. And the heating was on as well. And I we had those seats, the recliner seats, and my feet were up. And I'll be honest, I started to feel a little bit cosy. Yeah. Uh, so, like, my eyes did go a couple of times. And um, I walked out of that initial viewing and I honestly thought this was an awful movie. Like, uh, words can't describe it. Now, I think there was a lot of that was was because of me. I went in there with different expectations of a Batman movie. We'd had these high-octane, action-packed, charisma-driven, yep. Christian Bale-style and, and, and Christopher Nolan-style movies, mm-hmm. which were amazing, absolutely amazing, and really tight, really well-thought-out trilogy of movies, so good. Now, I know... Ben Affleck got a lot of crap. I actually did enjoy his version of Batman. Again, action-packed Ben Affleck. I thought Ben Affleck did a really good job. Slightly different style to Christian Bale's, but again, high obtained mm-hmm. kind of humour in there. And, you know, it's it, that kind of tend to be the, the Hollywood style. Again, the humour, the charisma, and the action. Yeah. I went in, and, and I think the trailer for this Batman movie, I remember at the time kind of highlighted a lot of the action mm-hmm. so i went in there expecting just stereotypical summer blockbuster type movie when i walked out i was like what the f basically yeah because this uh, is definitely uh, not a blockbuster film yeah i walked out of there heavily disappointed yeah. and when this can i can even remember the the, the the sort of the the differing opinions on social media when this first came out uh, I actually remember Matt from Talking Pop Culture um, putting something on, on on Facebook or whatever around this movie and how much he loved it. And I was just like, what? Like, I remember commenting, what? And I, I, I even was like, I hate, hate this film. And, um, and then he said some things, which actually, on a second viewing, so when I watched it the second time at home, my opinion completely shifted. I... There were several months, probably six months between viewings, and I went. I, I went in when I on a rewatch. So when I went to cinema with my friend, and when I rewatched it home, I watched it with my wife. Uh, I encouraged her to watch it because she loves Batman. She loves the Christian uh, uh, Nolan films. She, in fact, she loves the original four, um, even the George Clooney one. She loves them, and uh, she has said. On rewatches, the George Clooney one isn't as good as she remembers from being a child. Like, but you know, she does love them films. So I said, "Come on, let's watch it." She doesn't like this film at all. She, she it doesn't fit. She prefers the other style that I've referenced. On a rewatch, sitting with my wife to watch this, I completely changed my opinion of it. And the second watching really, really shifted the fact that I actually quite like this film, mm-hmm. and I. You know, I love the the style of it and the realisation that actually this isn't a Bruce Wayne film. This is a Batman film. This yeah. is just purely a Batman film with a sprinkling of Bruce Wayne. This yeah, is a pure... God, that Bruce Wayne was... Uh, this is a Batman film. And for me, this felt very much like the detective movie. So we... we I, whilst, again, there's sprinklings of detective in the other movies they're action movies mm-hmm. this this is actually a detective movie you there, know what there's this a movie feels like seven 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like it has the same color palette as Seven. Yeah. It has the same like murdering people in these super extreme ways and then trying to figure out the riddles and make sense of what's it it like I think after the first death I was like I've never seen a superhero film that reminds me of seven like <laughs> I, I, honestly and I completely love the dynamic between between Robert Pattinson as Batman and Jeffrey Wright mm -hmm. I thought he played a great commissioner Gordon and I can see what you mean about the seven because they're very much a duo Detected, yeah, and and even the penguin said so much for the greatest detectives, and and that's basically what they are throughout the movie. Although, you know, they're they're still they're still well, Batman's still learning. I don't know. So the third time I watched it, which was I actually finished it earlier tonight before we recorded. My wife was rewatching it with me, and she again said, "Actually, rewatching this with you made me realize how much how much I hate this movie." So. However, I said, you know, on a rewatch, I'm completely different. I, I actually love this movie. I really love this movie. I love the style of it. I love the color palette, like you referred to. I love the tone. I don't know. I just, there was so much. I, I love that actually this was a completely different take on the Batman that we've had. So bravo to Matt Reeve for doing something different, really. You know, if I'm honest, it, he could have just produced another Batman movie that we've seen, you know, action, you know, Batman versus somebody and fighting and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, okay, there was action and fire and blah, blah. yeah, because of course there would be, it's Batman. But actually, I love the fact that it's Batman arriving at nightclubs and, you know, get, even getting Catwoman to, you know, go undercover for him essentially and, 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 yeah, we haven't seen things like that before. So it's, it's no, I, I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. So I would say that's also one of my, like, what I really liked about this film. It, it has the gadgets, but the gadgets are used very sparingly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so like when he does finally use a gadget, it really has a bigger impact because it does not feel kitschy or like cheesy or just like over the top, like some superhero stuff. Like, I felt like all of the gadgets that he used were very well placed. Like, especially like you were just like the using those contact lenses. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that was super freaking cool. Um, it was so cool that they used it later on, that they used it later on where Catwoman had a note above the contact lens. Like, well, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I can't remember what said, like, where are you? Are, are you there? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then and then they end up chatting again. Like, it was like an hour later in the film and they end up chatting through the contact and they use it well for the story. So... And I think, again, that comes down to really good writing, that they wanted to find a way for Catwoman to be able to contact Batman, and they'd set that up. So, I don't know. It was good. It was good. It was, it was good planning and execution throughout by, by our writers and director, and director. So, so throughout the movie, there's many characters, and I want to just highlight here, in the past, I've been really highly critical and I, uh, whether that's socially or on this podcast, of when they ruin films by injecting normally sequels, where they're like, oh, yeah, we've had a really good film. Let's uh, make a sequel and let's put yeah. in four, four of his villains. You know, you know, and, I, and they, they've did it with the Spider Man films. They've, they've done it with Batman films. They've done, they've done it with loads of films. They're like, oh, let's, let's get Arnie in as Mr. Freeze and Uma Thurman as uh, Poison Ivy and so and so as Bane. And, and it just ruins the film. Anyway, we've got 
Penguin, we got um, Riddler, and we got Catwoman. Three villains in this movie. And uh, oh yeah, sorry, and Falcone. So four villains in this movie. Actually, they did it really well. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't feel it didn't feel like a villain movie. It honestly still felt like very much like a Batman movie. And I honestly felt that they juggled that volume of villains really well. And all of them served the plot and the story and, and the, the relationships and, and Batman's journey. And, and I, I, you know, Matt Reeve, you know, handled these characters well. well you know, it's yeah. almost like he knows what he's doing. He didn't get overwhelmed by the occasion, that's for sure. Um, it, it did no, not. No, no corny lines. Uh, you'll go to the cooler. Okay, yeah, but like, I like <laughs> the corny lines in my superhero. I like, uh, but I really, I really liked that he gave space for his villains to be villainous. Mm-hmm. Like, it very much reminded me of like Heath Ledger's Joker, um, where we actually just get to see a maniac being a maniac, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I. I love the way that they all played, like you said, like they all played their part. Mm-hmm. Nobody was stepping on anybody else's toes. Nobody got in the way of anyone else. And I don't think any No ridiculous team ups. Yeah. Like, and, and no one overshadowed anyone else. Like they all had enough space for their characters in this film. Um, to the point where you, you, you do like, you just almost forget that there's four bad guys. <laughs> oh, you, and that's honestly, like I did kind of in some ways forgot that there was, four bad guys i didn't forget that they were in the movie but they, they so you know like batman returns which we covered earlier or mid middle of last year and we did talk about really weirdly that it was penguin and catwoman and they're, they're ridiculous team up which came out of nowhere it was just right. oh how can we get these two to team up which was unnecessary they didn't need to yes. team up michelle pfeiffer didn't need to team up with danny devito they could have just done their own thing which is basically what happens here. They did their own thing. And uh, they all had their own storylines while they intersected with each other. Yeah. Matt Reeves did a really good job of intersecting their own character journeys. Like Catwoman had her own journey. The Penguin and Falcone had their own uh, their own stories going on. And obviously the Batman wanted to save the city, as he always does. And But it was handled with so well. But yeah. anyway... There's a lot of characters in here, including um, Alfred, who we haven't yet actually mentioned, who probably, if I'm honest, has the smallest role of any Alfred, I, I think, know, uh, I uh, uh, of any Alfred. I love Andy Serkis. I know. He did it well, though. So so, we, we've, so we've got our Commissioner Gordon, we've got our Alfred, we've got our Batman, we've got our four villains that we've just said, and there's a, there's a sprinkling of others. Do you know, even the cop at the end where Batman pulls up the rug, I know he's a real minor character, but I felt that he really played cop on the door really well. I know, yeah. I know, I know that's weird sakes. I think he, he showed up in a few other scenes, and I yeah. quite liked him. So, um, do you have a favorite character in this? Uh, I do. Uh, well, I have two. Can I have two? Yeah, go on then. Why not? Okay, so I would definitely have to pick Penguin. Um, yeah. Just, I think, just because, like in the back of my mind, there's like all this anticipation of like, just how bad is he? Like, how how much are we going to get to see? Because like, by the time I watched this, I knew that he was going to have his own TV show. So I like the anticipation is like, I want to see what kind of villain we're building here. Um, so I really, really enjoyed Penguin's character. 
Um, because to me, Penguin's character was very much on the, look, I'm, I'm playing for the team that's going to do the best for me. Um, mm. and I love like a good villain who's an opportunist. Like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also really love Jeffrey Wright as Gordon. I agree. Jeffrey Wright. So good. Yeah. I, I do you know, I, I know we'll talk about favorite scenes in a minute and I, I, I actually had loads I love that scene in the in the in the police station where, where he's where, whispering. Yeah, where he's whispering, and then but I love the whole breakout scene. Well, I love from the moment he wakes up when Batman wakes up on the on the uh, on the metal table, uh, they're about to take his mask off, and then he's it's full of it's I don't know it's like 20, 25 cops in this room, and yeah. and he's like really trying to punch his way around all of them, uh, and Jeffrey Wright is is really like defending Batman, and yeah. and the way he's talking to him. It's almost it's like he's from afar. It looks like they're arguing. He's like, and he's talking in such a gruff way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, right, you're gonna need to punch me, and then you're gonna need to run out the door. And like, there's a key, and then you have to go out here. Right, yeah. And he's like, right, punch me now. Like, and it's just like, and, but you show from a distance, right. and it kind of look. He's like, sort of arching his head as he's doing it, and yeah. it's like, look like he's having a, a right go at him. But actually, yeah. he's like trying to save him, trying to go. Oh, yeah. you're gonna have to do yeah. this. And um, but no, he was it was so good. Like really. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe one day we might rate Commissioner Gordon's, but like he's definitely up there. He was definitely really charismatic. And that scene actually reminded me of one of the scenes from Mission Impossible. I can't think of which one it is, but there's a scene at Mission Impossible where Ethan Hunt gets captured and the guy who's interrogating him is actually his former boss. And he asks Ethan if he can still read lips. And so he's doing the same thing. Like he's reading off this paper about all of these bad things that Ethan did, but then he's like, lip talking oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah on how yeah. to get out of the place that he's in so yeah that reminded me of that oh yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember what you're talking about mm-hmm. i think that i think that was three i think i mean anyway um favorite character i i you know i have to agree about the jeffrey wright thing i think commissioner gordon he well he was re- okay whatever like he was way down the line because the first commissioner got murdered and then another guy got to be commissioner and then i don't know what happens to that guy sorry years of years of him being commissioner at some point so Uh, anyway i I love selena i thought she was great i thought she did a really zoe kravitz did a really good job as catwoman i'll be honest this is the first time they humanized catwoman like they actually gave her something else to do you know, like mm-hmm. she was not just this sex toy, right? Like yeah. she actually had her own thing going on. Like she was looking for her friend and she had all this drama with Falcon. Kind of, like she had an actual story as opposed to just being arm candy. I definitely agree. Like the, the dynamic between her and Falcone, her and Batman, um, the bit where she's undercover in the nightclub. I thought that was great as well. I love that that she argues with Batman going, if I turn my head, that's going to be a whole load of other drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then, and then he was like, Oh, do you want to, you know, she's like, Oh, you're the DA. Blah, blah. He's like, do you want to come sit? And she's like, love to. And I'm like, damn, that made me think how many girls I've ever chatted to that like actually just didn't do want to sit with me. And uh, not, <laughs> it just made me think like, damn, have I ever been in a position where someone's like genuinely like, I, I actually don't think that's, I'm sure it has happened to many people, but like, uh, just oh no, I don't want to come sit with you. Um, but I'm going to say yes anyway to be polite. And um, so, luckily, I haven't had to date for over 15 years, so um, yeah. 
but it did, that did make me laugh. But anyway, no, I thought I thought she did so good, Zoe Kravitz. Like, I just thought she was a really good Catwoman. And I agree with you. One of the things I really loved as well, though, and this isn't her acting, was her simplified costume. Really, yeah. just a balaclava, basically, with a big cutout and mm-hmm. just pretty much a leather, you know, it's like a motorbiker's yeah. uh, thing. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I would say she was my favourite, but I know I agreed with you about Gordon, but if I had to choose a second, I think the Penguin, I just think Colin Farrell, it doesn't matter that it was Colin Farrell. I mean, it was Colin Farrell, but I have to admire an actor that, that he put his ego aside. Yep. You did, you couldn't tell that's Colin Farrell. No, like, if, if that had not been broadcast all over the place, I never, ever would have been able to figure out who the hell that guy was. It, it makes you wonder, like, why on earth they chose Colin Farrell only to then not use his face? Because, surprisingly, Colin Farrell's a really good character actor. No, 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 no. What I mean is, like, why they didn't go out to look for somebody that looked like what they wanted to look like. Oh, no, I must think, be... Because I think Matt Reeves was actually casting people based on their ability. Yeah, no, I, I, but I think that's great though that he went by the ability. But Colin Farrell was like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just an actor. I don't you know, care about my image. Like, oh, well, yeah. Know. Actually, fun fact this hmm. is one that was not included, but like because this film was delayed due to COVID, Colin Farrell was so bored during COVID that all he did was work out. And eventually, the costume designers and all of the other people that worked on set, like for his prosthetics and all of those. They had to tell him, please stop working out because the more you bulk up, the more we have to change your costume because he's wearing a fat suit and everything. Like he's wearing a fat suit and he's wearing like face prosthetics. And they were like, your body is changing too quickly. <laughs> and like our designs are not able to keep up. So if you could please stop working out. <laughs> I thought that was That's funny. quite funny. That's quite funny. Um Right, so the, the the structure of the movie, I I've gonna three hours, right? Okay, and there's a lot. There's a I'll be honest, way too much to unpack on 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 a single podcast. There's a lot of scenes. There's a lot lot to this movie. We've touched on a little bit on bits and pieces already. I think you know Bruce Wayne is not really in this movie. There's a, there's like I say a sprinkling of him. This this isn't a Bruce Wayne movie. This isn't a character of Bruce Wayne. This isn't a journey of what happened in the alleyway and I'm so glad that we didn't get to see it. No, I'm, I admire the fact that we're, we're now yeah. moving past origin stories, you know, they, and they've done that again with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. It's like we, we, we don't need to keep seeing how he became it. Batman or how he became Spider-Man. And I yeah. really hope that, that Jimmy Gunn doesn't do that with Superman either. They just jumped into being Superman. We don't need the origins of these big characters anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, to be honest with you, even, even in if when we get random characters, we don't really need the origins. You know, you can just skip over the origin and just get on with the story. So um, I think these origin movies... <sighs> In general, I think we've they've had their day, if I'm honest. So I think I'm glad that we skipped in some of the gaps that the other ones have left out. Like we get to see a little bit more of Thomas Wayne and hmm. about the history with the Waynes and the Arkham's. So like they they do have a bit of a history mm-hmm. lesson in the film, but it does not revolve around our our title character, you know. Oh so yeah, I thought no. that that was nice to have a little bit of background on on Martha's family, really. Because we oh, really, uh, do you not remember when you watched the Joker last year that we we actually loved the fact that Thomas Wayne had a bigger role in the Joker as well? 
Oh, see, I don't really remember that movie experience. As soon as we <laughs> recorded that podcast, I just took all of that out of my head and threw it away. I uh, didn't remember when Thomas Wayne was at the gate and uh, the Joker came to the gate and also in the toilet. Where the, and actually I Thomas do remember Wayne... liking Thomas Wayne a lot. In that yeah. Movie. Um, so, um, so the symmetry there. No, it was it was good to... I, I liked the fact that they talked about the history of the Arkhams and the history of the Waynes and, and brought, yeah, brought that up. And that actually the, the Gotham itself is just such a, I don't know, such a chaos of, of de- you know, deception and, and lies and corruption and the corruption, even to the fact that the Waynes had an element of potential corruption and mm-hmm. uh, the interactions between Falcone and, I quite, I, I actually quite liked Falcone and Bruce Wayne's interactions as well. Um, so John Turturro thought, did a really great job as Falcone. Like he, oh, oh yeah, really good Falcone. Yeah, he, no, I, I agree. Um, so that, yeah, like I say, this film is, it's a long movie, three hours long, and we can talk about that in a, in a moment because I'm sure you'll come to that in a second. But I, I think they did really well in the pace of the movie. It was slow occasional action pat moments and they gave us enough uh space to allow the additional villains in and the the you know obviously the character journeys that we had um but did you did you have any favorite moments i, I honestly had quite a few if i'm honest because there was there's some good key moments as, as we went through the movie but did you have any favorite scenes at all um so i really liked the chase sequence oh yeah that's one of mine. Or with Batman chasing Penguin. I really, really enjoyed that sequence. Um, I also, <laughs> and this is probably because like I'm a weirdo, um, but the scene where Riddler like gets, like he's doing his video for the first commissioner and he has his head in the box and like, releases the rats to eat his face oh yeah yeah um and i really liked a lot of the uh (laughs) a lot of the scenes where it's a crime scene and there's police everywhere and then it's like jim gordon and batman and they're just like tooling around the scene the two of them together and all these other cops are just like why the hell is that guy here (laughs) but i just i thought that was just so cool to see like Batman just hanging out with the cops, like doing their job essentially, you know, um, that was, that was really interesting. So I really did enjoy that element of um, the way that Matt Reeves kind of built that into the movie. Um, but as far as like the length, what I did not enjoy was the up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down of this film. Um, because it would be like quiet, 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 action. Quiet, 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 action. And it was just like, can we just have a normal bell curve? Like, can we just, can we have a rising action climax and then we're all going to come down? Like, can we, can we do this? The, the, like, I just thought it was too much. And I think doing it that way is what made this film entirely too long. Like there were some parts where I think they were very obviously trying to be cinematic. Like a lot of the overhead city shots where it's like the drone is flying over the city and we're following the car and we're doing, and it's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I get it. Like, I I understand that this is Gotham and it's dingy and it's dark. And like, I, I get that. Like, I'm very familiar with Gotham. I don't need 
a 10 minute non-speaking sequence of us seeing all of these different parts of Gotham. Like, so that is what bothered me the most about, it was like the quiet parts really annoyed me in this film um, because it just like, it felt so unnecessary. Like you're breaking up these action sequences to insert this really slow, really quiet moment but it's not necessary. Like those moments aren't actually what are building these characters mm. to me. I can't, you know, I, I had this vague flashback of a memory and I honestly can't remember what I said, but I remember us recording, maybe you can remember, but I remember us recording um, when we did the season one review of Batwoman. I remember me saying something about Gotham City, but I can't remember what I said. Like, I can't remember, but I, when you said that about all oh, the quiet moments and the 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 overviews of Gotham City, and I, I can remember saying something about it. It's annoying now, but anyway, I I would disagree. I actually loved all these quiet moments, and I loved particularly sometimes you'd see like Batman as the the sun is rising um, over Gotham, and I, I sort of love that color palette. And also, we get we see the skyline of Gotham and. You know the um uh what you call it the the sporting arena thing in Gotham I loved seeing that I love seeing the obviously the outskirts got just I I love seeing that the fact that for me Batman movies are like event movies as well we get them so sparringly and when they're done well and I think this movie has been done well I enjoy the fact that we get to spend some time in Gotham City and time with characters that are familiar to us, although a different take on on this version of, of, of these characters. I, I loved seeing the world building that Matt Reeves was doing and um, had to see these quiet moments. And yeah, I don't know. I, I quite liked seeing all these bits and pieces, I'll be honest. Um, and yeah, so favourite scenes. Um, I, I'll be honest, I, I loved that car chase and I, I loved the the penguin versus batman in in the batmobiles i love the stripped down batmobile and actually something i haven't said sorry in this whole movie was i don't know how long this movie is meant to be within batman's career but it feels like it's a year or two in feel, you know, hence why the you've got the um uh where where he he, he um was influenced by Batman Year One. It does feel like very much like we're 12, 18 months into Batman's career. Yeah, but his um, tech is still really advanced because his suit is bulletproof. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a multi-billionaire. He, he still yeah, he would have I had mean, the money to to get on with all that. No, it's just things like how he he's flying through the city and then crashes on that bus and does a tumble. Oh, and, and, and initially oh when God, I that first saw that, so bad because you're not getting up from that. I'm sorry. Like you're not you're not getting up from that and then jogging through the alleyway. That's not happening. Um, I, I when I first saw that at the cinema, that pissed me off, man. I was like, that really annoyed me. So I was like, no, Batman doesn't do things like that. I was like, Batman's like hardcore. Batman, Batman doesn't fall down because he hit a bus. Um, however, on a re-review, I'm like, actually, this is Batman you want. Batman would do stuff like that. This this is this is an inexperienced Batman. This yeah. is a well, whilst we don't know anything about his training, if this particular Batman went and you know flew around the world and met up with Ra's al Ghul or anything like that, which I, I doubt, like I, I doubt, but he clearly had some training to get to the point where he's now Batman. He, yeah. he clearly he clearly didn't just wake up and go, 
Oh, he got his training from Alfred because very clearly this Alfred was in MI6. Oh, oh this, but yeah, this Alfred's a lot more built. So, yeah, yeah. Um, this Batman is clearly inexperienced, and I, I, I quite like that as well. But oh, I enjoyed that. But no, I, one of my, so they've got the car chase. I love that scene. I mentioned earlier, I love the scene where he breaks out of Gotham PD. I love the scene with Catwoman where she's emotional, pulls the gun on Falcone. Um, the, the, the revelation of the, their their relationship and um, I, I honestly I think Zoe Kravitz is a really good actress. I don't think I've seen her in anything else other than this, but I thought she did really well. Um, uh, I love the end scene as well, where the Riddler's broadcast to all of his online psychos, and suddenly a whole army of Riddlers come out. I love that fight scene at the end as well. I think that's pretty cool. So uh, there, there's a there's a lot in here to love. However, criticisms of this, whilst I think that Robert Pattinson is a really good Batman, I actually think he is a really good Batman. I'm not going to take that away from him. He's a really awful Bruce Wayne. Absolutely. Really really awful. Now, I don't know if that's deliberate. I don't know if they deliberately want him to be a rubbish Bruce Wayne because this version of Bruce Wayne Batman doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is not necessary to him. Like he's quite open about it. He's not interested in being Bruce Wayne. And and him and Alfred argue about that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they argue. I don't, Bruce Wayne isn't interested in an argument. But Alfred keeps trying to push the fact that he does need to be Bruce Wayne because if he's not Bruce Wayne, how's this Batman life going to be funded? You know, if he's yeah, because he might eventually get voted off the board, and if he's not paying attention, which he clearly isn't paying attention. This this version of Bruce Wayne is clearly inexperienced he's not playing everybody mm-hmm. like um christopher nolan's batman was that he, he ended up taking back control of wayne enterprises when it when they thought they were taking it away from him he actually ended up buying it all back and being, being solely in charge he, that bruce wayne was was all that was all over everybody and had everything going on this version of bruce wayne is very I don't know what the words. It's very fallout boy, you know. He's, yeah, he's very emo. Like this is oh, the most this is, emo Bruce Wayne we've ever had. And and at some points, almost very immature Bruce Wayne. I would say, like very aggressive, like complete lack of charisma, uh, no charm, no none, yeah. none, none of this that stuff. This is the first we... Batman film where Batman is not at all charming. Like not oh, as yeah. Batman and not as Bruce Wayne. He is not charming. No, no there's nothing. Um, Sorry, I keep thinking I'm going to sneeze, but it doesn't seem to want to happen. <laughs> oh, there we go. Sorry. Um, I, I, and, and it annoyed me at the funeral scene where the cops like, "Oh, it's Bruce Wayne," and like, "Wait, look, did it? Would it hurt you just to even say hello? Like, would it? Would it really? I mean, you're famous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know whether it was a deliberate. Well, I'm assuming it's a deliberate choice of Matt Reeves that he wanted him to be that style. I'm curious to see, though, in a, in a follow-up, whether Bruce Wayne is a little bit more charismatic. I think Robert Pattinson can do that. I just yeah, feel yeah. that's the that's that's the route they decided to to go down, and I'm not sure that really worked. So, yeah, however, I, this is very. He was the least uh, interesting part of this film, and just uh, like his lackadaisical feel about it like i don't give a shit about bruce wayne like dude you better because bruce wayne is funding all your batman adventures okay mm. i i do agree with a comment you made earlier and i i did feel that myself that this is very much the seven of the batman movies yeah. uh, and i'm gonna make this assumption here if matt reeves clearly wanted bruce wayne 
to symmetry that style. Uh, I just hope that we see some growth of Bruce Wayne because it, it did feel... I want to say that it felt like a very immature Bruce Wayne still, a very childish, yeah. spoiled brat type Bruce Wayne. Right. Um, however, think, as like, Batman, he's well. a Batman film. Bruce Wayne cannot be an afterthought because obviously you can't have Batman without Bruce Wayne. Like they, they have to, at, at some point they have to come to terms with each other. Right. Like, so mm. I think this is the first film where, cause like even in Batman begins, like Christian Bale goes out on, you know, and he's on his little sabbatical and he's like pronouncing his Wayne name and all that stuff. Mm. But eventually he comes to his senses and he's like, you know what? If I really want to do this Batman thing, then I really need to play the Bruce Wayne part so that Batman can have everything that he needs. And maybe, like you said, maybe this version of Bruce Wayne just hasn't had his come to Jesus moment yet. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I, I haven't looked up about when there's a sequel, but I'm, I'm sure there will be. But well, is there anything, and I, I know what you're going to say, <laughs> anything you'd cut or change or anything like that? Yeah. Again, it's too long. This film was too long. Um <sighs> It's, it's it was too long and it was too I you said you liked the pace I didn't um I just I felt that the pace was just constantly interrupted um you you almost couldn't get into a good rhythm because like every time you get into the point where it's like oh finally we got an action sequence and then it ends and then there's nothing for like another 45 minutes and then you'll have another action sequence and I'm just like I'm not a fan of superhero stuff going this route. Like this is, uh, I don't know. Um, so I think the pacing for me, uh, the runtime, very, very obviously the runtime. Um, Cause I think we also could have spent less time on the background stuff, like less time on Thomas, less time on, Falcone, less time on um just like the brooding there was too much mm. brooding and i didn't think, I think it was yeah. necessary i think bruce wayne's brooding was annoying after a while yeah. um so for me i when i went to rewatch the show uh, movie show movie um it could have been a show um could have been a mini series anyway i completely forgot it was three hours long when i pressed play i was like oh three hours i was like i completely forgot that it was three hours it, I, it, yeah i didn't realize it, like i hit the runtime like when i hit start i was like oh no and like i had it, i don't know i guess like two hours is about i section off everything like for two hours and i was like oh but it's already eight o'clock i'm gonna be up until like I'm getting too old for this shit. I did watch it over two days, I'll be honest. I, I didn't oh, have maybe time. Maybe I should have done it that way. I didn't have time to watch it all in one go. Um, so I completely forgot it was three hours. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I did really enjoy it. I It did take a second watch for me to change my perception of it. Uh, like I say, I went in with an expectation which wasn't suited for the movie that I watched. However, That's then... always hard to overcome, too. Yeah, I, so it was a kind, of, kind of my... It wasn't just my fault. It's years, years of a certain style of Batman yes. movie, yes. walking in and getting a completely different style of Batman movie, right. and a and a Riddler that I was not prepared for. I was not prepared for this. Oh yeah, we've this, never had a Riddler this dark. I mean, this was a really dark Riddler. I mean, we've only had the Jim Carrey version that I'm aware of. I know Gotham City or Gotham, the TV series, had a slightly darker. 
but he was still campy. He was yeah, kooky. That whole series was uh, was kind of campy. But I will yeah. say, like, he didn't make my favorite character list, but Paul Dano was fantastic as this version of the Riddler. Like, oh yeah, oh amazing, unhinged yeah. serial killer. Like, he's everything about him belonged in Arkham Asylum. Everything about him belonged there. Like he, he oh. was a really, really good. That was really, really good. Of all the characters that are in this movie, I think Paul Dano is the best of all of the casting. Like he is so good as this Riddler. He really is. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, no, so I, I'm happy with the length for the time. I'm happy with it all. I, I, I wouldn't really, wouldn't necessarily cut anything, but I didn't enjoy the Bruce Wayne. I wouldn't say I enjoy his scenes because I actually did quite like the funeral scene where the car flies through and he jumps out and saves the kid and and he's still there when everyone else is leaving. I did enjoy how he stood his ground. I just didn't really enjoy the, I don't know, just the, the like I say, it felt to me like a childish version of Bruce Wayne. I, and, and, and to be fair, that it allowed Alfred to still to have the father figure. So maybe that's what they were going for. But um, there's a couple of things. So whilst there's no mid credit or end credit sequences, we do have a little bit of something. A little oh, yeah. plus, right before the credits roll, we have Joker uh talking yeah 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 that's what i was literally about to come to so i was gonna say there's nothing in the mid or the end credits but when the riddler is in prison he meets somebody claiming to be a friend who's cackling and and very joker-esque so just what what, i don't know in some ways i didn't really want that i'll be honest i don't at this point especially coming off the heels of jared leto and his super weird joker i just don't see joker as the right move if you're doing a sequel i don't i don't think you pull him out of your head because we got this other joker movie that's coming out and yes they've already said that they're they're not related like not in the same universe whatever whatever um but i wouldn't i wouldn't do it and i know it's super hard to do a batman anything and not include the joker but i would not if i were matt reeves i would definitely try to find (laughs) Any of the other rogues so, from the Batman rogues. So I've um, just pulled up some information, actually, about Batman or The Batman 2, uh, Part 2. Uh, so apparently it's meant to come out October 3rd, 2025, and the villains for that movie are rumoured to be either Mr. Freeze or Clayface. Clayface could be interesting. We've not had I think, Clayface. I think Clayface would be a bigger choice. Clayface would be especially interesting in this toned down world. Mm-hmm. Like how how would you do like a non over the top CGI Clayface? How would that work? I'm interested now. Well, it would have to be CGI, wouldn't it? They would have to. Well, use... yeah, I mean, but like not over the top, like because mm-hmm. too much CGI would definitely feel out of place in this universe. Mm-hmm. Do you know there was a in the comics in Detective Comics? It was like four or five years ago, five years ago maybe. There was a run of Detective Comics where it was kind of like a team Batman mm-hmm. uh, working at the tower. They had Batman, Robin, Batwoman um, kind of created a team. And I really loved it. I can't remember who wrote it. But anyway, for that period of time, Clayface was briefly a superhero. Um, when when the I can't remember how many issues it went on for this particular writer who wrote it. it was like 20 issues or something. And when they were bringing their story to a, to a close, 
obviously Clayface kind of broke away and which allowed anyone to reuse Clayface as back to his villainous roots. But I did like the fact that they used Clayface as a superhero for a while. Anyway, um, I guess we'll have to see as we get nearer the time. They'll release trailers, I'm sure, to find out who will be it. And I really do hope that Joker is not the villain. Yeah. I, I think I'm done with them using Joker right now. I think Heath Ledger was too good as the Joker. But also the Christopher Nolan trilogy, you know, the Joker was the second villain. And I just thought, please, Matt, don't go and copy that and make... This, your second Batman film have the Joker in it. Just, just, yeah. just wait. Just like, you know, I, I assume this will be a trilogy. I'm more than happy for this trilogy to not even include the Joker. Yeah, just, but like, there's so many other. You could do. Um, who is that guy uh, that does all of the clocks? You could do that guy. That guy would be uh, that. He would fit really well in this universe. You could do mm. Zatanna. We hardly ever, ever, ever get to see Zatanna. You could do her. She would fit really well in this universe. Um, Hi, man. I think like the, the super campy characters, like the alligator guy, oh, uh, Killer Croc. Yeah, that'd be too much. But like, uh, I don't. Know. You don't. You don't. You didn't hear me then. I said kite man. They should do kite man. <laughs> you know who they should introduce? Mm-hmm. Which not it's not a batman character like he's his own character but they should they should just introduce booster gold like if you if you need an asshole character to come through actually two-face would be a really good character for this role i mean for i think two-face two. yeah i mean i don't agree about uh, booster gold not in these films um but i think people like um i just pulled it up hush should be a good choice yes um i wouldn't say scarecrow was used too well previously so not yeah. scarecrow um uh, I don't know necessarily, but Deathstroke would be cool. Well, that was but, Ben Affleck's original plan. Well, yeah, that I know that was, I know that was, but I think I think Deathstroke would be cool. Um, I'm trying to think who else would be pretty cool. Azrael, maybe. Um, I don't know. Black Mask, maybe. Ooh, the ventriloquist. That could be fun. Hugo Strange. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So the Riddler TV series is meant to come out later this year. And then obviously in 2025, as I've said, Batman 2. You mean the Penguin series? Sorry, what did I say? Riddler. Riddler. Oh, sorry, the Penguin TV series. I was yeah, like, Riddler's to... getting his own show too? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the Penguin. The Penguin TV series is meant to be a prequel, I believe. So. Yeah. To this movie and then obviously the batman 2 comes out in 2025 so anyway what would you rate this movie three really yeah it's really well done though i mean i mean <laughs> I, think, I think this I, film is really well acted and i think this film is well written i did not as much enjoy the production value of this film i'm i I'm torn between one and two grades. Go with your hard mark. Okay, four point five. Damn, that's high. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm I'm gonna honestly like re- the rewatching of it both times following the cinema. I actually really enjoy it. So yeah, I don't plan on rewatching this one. <laughs> Once was enough for me. 
I'm not saying I would, this is not a movie I would sit down regularly and rewatch, but I could see myself rewatching this again. Yeah, I think like it, it, it was not as bad as I thought it would be just from initial impressions from the trailer and like from initial reactions when it was first released. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was easier for me to go into it because like I was expecting to be disappointed and I was not as disappointed as I thought I would be. <laughs> that's good. I think I did say to you about lower your expectations. Yeah. Um, only because not not that it's a bad film, but lower than because of what, what we'd seen previously. So yeah, but um, there were some different things about this film that I had not seen in any other Batman films that I did enjoy, like the the tapered down use of gadgets. I really, I really liked that. Like, mm-hmm. I just I loved it that it wasn't just like super campy utility belt, boom, you know, like it was just like strategic. It was very strategic when he used any of his little gadgets. So we'll bring this episode to a close and I'm glad that we've watched this. I, I'm glad we rewatched it. I'm glad you finally watched it. I, I'm glad that we, we've got a chance to chat about it together because when it came out, we didn't watch it. Uh, we, just, sorry, we didn't review it. And, uh, I can't remember why, but we didn't. And, um, because I, I refused to go see it in theaters. <laughs> I don't know. Was that why? Um, yeah. But um, anyway, we didn't we didn't we didn't review at the time, so I'm glad we finally got round to to doing it. So, all right, um, next week we will be reviewing. So the next two weeks, we've said already, we're going to do Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. Essentially, so next week is Street Fighter, the movie from 1994. This is the Van Damme movie, not any of the animated ones that they've released. For the, this is the live action one. The Van Damme inc- movie where he played an American named Kyle. <laughs> uh do you know what though i i just actually pulled up the cast in this here i know kylie minogue is playing cammy mm-hmm. but actually somebody i really love me mina uh oh sorry ming mina Wen uh, is playing chun lee mm-hmm. uh, she's been in a lot of my favorite stuff over the years stargate uh being one of them anyway we'll, we'll chat more about them next week however you can follow geeks and niche everywhere we're on instagram facebook i'm not calling it the one letter that's called we're on twitter so you can follow us there <laughs> and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast google podbean apple spotify we are everywhere so please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends good journey good journey